to Core Community Covenant Church with Pastors Max and Trish. Join us as we learn more about the Word of God. All right, so, amen. Welcome. It's so, so good to have everybody together. It's exciting. Um, just to kind of just go back from last week it, w- it was it was so exciting yesterday to do that yesterday last week to just talk about bringing thanksgiving into our prayer and how much that changes uh, i think the biggest thing that i came away with is when we talked about that when we are thanking god for what he has given us um, it helps us to put God where he belongs and not our problems yeah. that the, we we worship God and, and what he's doing in our lives instead of what we see in our lives and and um, the problems that are in our lives so I think that to me it was powerful my, my prayer has changed this week mm-hmm. from previous just just really focusing on what he is doing um, in, my, in our lives and in this world that I could be thankful for, and t- today, today is, is is a topic. Today is a topic. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh boy, this is gonna be a marriage, marriage ministry <laughs> topic over here." But uh, God, God definitely led us into uh, a different kind of a different place. Uh, there's gonna be some some a little bit of me- <laughs> of that in there today, but uh, we're really excited about talking about honoring God in our bodies. And our boundaries. So this series that we started last week is about praising God, which includes worship, but it has to do more with learning to praise God in everything that we say and do. Um, using, again, we, we started a year ago with the journey of understanding that worship, uh, that we need to bring our whole selves into our walk with God, body, mind, soul, spirit. Remember, we went through, through that, and we did the disciplines and all of that. This is a, a little bit of a different take today specifically we want to talk about praising god with our physical selves that we don't just praise god through spiritual worship but we praise god through physical activity that we do here and now on a daily basis and so today specifically we want to look at praising god with our body through boundaries Uh, and we may need to split this into two parts partly because of time and partly just because I think there's a lot here to explore and I think it'd be better to just go a little bit deeper with these with these topics. So we had four uh, basic categories uh, that we wanted to look at that our our bodies need and that God expects us in those activities to glorify him, to bring him praise. And the way that we do that is by living in a healthy space. So the first one is feasting and fasting. The second one is work and rest. The third is security and sacrifice. And the last one, which is what my husband was alluding to, sensuality and celibacy. So we're looking at four basic needs that God designed us for. And that there is a healthy way that as we live that out in a healthy space, we can actually worship and glorify God through that activity. 
And that's really outside the box because a lot of times when we think of worship, we have a picture in our heads like, oh, yeah, worship God with my body. That means I lift my hands, right? Or maybe I do a little dance <laughs> and I don't just sing. But really we're, what we're journeying in our Christian formation is to really see that you can worship God through your work. You can worship God through a nap. You can worship God through exercise, through healthy meal choices. There's a lot of things that God cares more he doesn't only care about your spirit. He cares about your body, your soul, your mind. He cares mm-hmm. about all of who you are, mentally, physically, and emotionally. So today, we'll see how far we get. I was thinking maybe we could set a goal to even just get through the first two, and then we could do the the next two the next time we get together. You had a, a verse, right, that we were looking at? Yeah, well, it's... There's a lot into it, and we wanna, we're going to just pull the thoughts behind it. But I wanted to read, this, this is a big one about uh, honoring God, uh, God through his body. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, if you guys go there. All right, and, and we're going to be in uh, in chapter uh, verse twelve, and we're going to move move through that. Okay. Oh, look at the Lord provided. So it starts off right away, and uh, this is where. I think boundaries is going to kick in and we're going to understand it. And again, please listen to these uh, words, not only because a lot of it is going to be uh, about sexual, but we're going to look over it as a, uh, as a whole. So it starts off verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh, but he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are now your own. You were brought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And so that was 6, 12 through 20. So just starting right there, we've talked about this in the past about the way that we view ourselves and we think that we're these autonomous individual beings and it's my body, you know, my choice, it's uh, what I want, what I need, what I, you know, even self-care, we've become this culture that idolizes um, taking care of ourselves, even at the expense and detriment of neglecting others. And biblically, God has made it clear 
that yes, we, we should care for ourselves because our, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God. And so we should be good stewards of what God has given us. At the same time, our body is not our own. We don't get to decide what we, what we do with this body. We are supposed to, as Christians, be subject to the Holy Spirit. What we eat, what we drink, what we wear, where we spend our time, the spaces that we occupy, the work that we do, it should affect every aspect of our lives. And, and again, not just saying, well, I'm a Christian and so I go to church for an hour on Sunday, but saying I'm a Christian and so therefore everything that I do, whatever I say, whatever I think, whatever I do, I do it to glorify God. And this text, you know, it says the stomach for food, right? And the and um, how does how did I say it again? The the food for, for, for food for the, the stomach and the stomach, stomach for, for food. food. And that's actually the first point that we were going to look at was this rhythm of feasting and fasting. Uh, the fact that God made food, and so it's it's good, right? Food is God gave us a natural need to consume food, and we. I wanted to look just briefly. We can. I don't know if we'll we'll read. A ton of it, but just referring back, you can read it on your own time. When you look at Genesis chapter one and two, right? God creates a garden, and one of the very first things that He does when He places humanity in the garden is there's all this fruit bearing, there's all this food bearing trees and plants, and He says you can eat from anything, right? The very first boundary that God puts in place is, but do not eat of this one tree, right? And because we didn't honor that boundary, all sorts of chaos developed. So, again, thinking outside, if we just think of sin as something spiritual and we think of worship as something hyper-spiritual, we have to break it down to a very real, almost animalistic, natural level. The fact that, that our eating, what we eat and don't eat, and the choices that we make, they reflect our values, our priorities, and they reflect our relationship with God. And so we don't want to make food into an idol mm-hmm. where we're obsessing right, about everything that we eat because you'll make yourself crazy, especially in a global economy. There's that TV show, The, the Good Place, that I don't know if you yeah. guys are familiar, but because mm-hmm. the guy buys a tomato, he ends up like sinning he ends up with this <laughs> sin that he could never go to heaven because of you know <laughs> there's so much injustice and uh things around the world in the global economy that he ma- he didn't even realize consciously that he was sinning but he goes to hell and obviously we we know we're saved by grace not by that system but it's just a good illustration that we if we obsess about our food like it has to be non-gmo and local and this and that you you'll make yourself crazy i even mm-hmm. saw recently a short documentary that was saying Uh, calling into question people who live a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle because what they don't realize is that a lot of the fruits and vegetables that they're eating they have to eradicate so much wildlife to create to create those fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. they're killing insects and small animals gophers and everything they're actually killing thousands more animals passively but again we can make ourselves nuts right but as christians under the influence of the holy spirit we should be thinking when we consume food is this nourishment to my body or am I filling myself with junk? Is this creating an injustice somewhere? Like if you have the ability and the means, can I buy fair trade versus, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. making justice oriented decisions in our food consumption and even just prayerfully. I mean, that's why we pray before our meals, not just to thank God for the meal, but to sit and reflect about where the food came from, to reconnect with the rest of humanity and, and with God's creation and to be intentional about what we put um, on our plate. 
and, and about the fellowship of community that we have around the table. Yeah, I think you, you hit on the head. We, we started off that verse, Jeff, verse 12. It really is talks about that. Everything's permissible for me, but not everything's beneficial. Everything's permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. I think that that's that's the big, uh, looking at what we're, the topic for, one of the topics for today is being mastered. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's, that's a huge thing that people struggle all the, all the time to, you know, even even something like fasting. Like we we choose to fast for the Lord, and then it becomes our thing. Like every Wednesday, I fast. Every Wednesday, I fast, and all of a sudden, on Wednesday, somebody needs to wants to take you out and bless you to eat, and you're like, "No, I'm sorry, I don't fast." And then now it became you had an opportunity to bless somebody during yeah. that time, right. but because you said, "I'm fasting," and that's my master. Now you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. It's like, hey. This person really wants to break bread with you. They want to bless mm-hmm. you. They want to, you know, one of those things. But you're so, caught on a legalistic practice. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, so it's really important to understand, like, what is, what is the goal of, of this aspect? And again, the goal is always to bring glory to God and for us to be closer to Him and to be like Christ. Right. And so the first key, I mean, even just the reason that we talk about body and boundaries together is that your body really, what your body is, is a boundary in and of itself. So the soul that God has given us, the soul and spirit God has given us, it, it's almost like fluid that you pour. It, it, can't, it doesn't have a shape or a form on its own. It has to be poured into a glass. We talked about this a couple of months ago. And so we needed a container, right, where the treasure in jars of clay. Our bodies in and of itself, our skin creates a boundary. This is where I end, right? This is where you begin. So there's certain boundaries. God is a God of boundaries. And and it's not to control or limit us, but it's to bring order to our lives. So just like our house you know, has a boundary line, we're free to come and go and move in that space, but only those who belong here and, and they need permission to, to have closer or further access. So understanding that our bodies in and of themselves are boundary markers for our identity. And two, that God created boundaries not legalism, right? We don't want to be mastered or controlled by laws. There's freedom within those boundaries, but we also don't want to say, well, there's freedom in Christ. I can do whatever I want. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So there are certain boundaries that we still as Christians, though we're saved by grace and though we're free in Christ, there are certain boundaries that we should say no. So gluttony, for example, yes, you can eat whatever you can have ham, which you know, Jewish people weren't allowed to have pork. There were tons of dietary laws, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we don't have to abide by that. But we also should not be gluttonous, right? Mm-hmm. Alcohol, great conversation. We may all have different levels of conviction, but the Bible is very clear about not being given to drunkenness, right? Mm-hmm. So wherever you stand on whether you need to be completely, you know, completely sober, sober or whether you're allowed to have a drink or not, we have to have a very clear boundary marker where scripture says, do not be drunk with wine, right? But rather be drunk with the Holy Spirit. So these are things that we, we want to learn like, okay, well, where are the boundaries and how do I operate safely within those? And both, and, and again, even just getting outside the box, we may think of that with food, but like you were saying about fasting, right? So the opposite of feasting and eating is that we have times when we abstain from food. Right, where our focus is not on the food, but our focus is on other things, on, on hearing from the Holy Spirit, on 
growing in spiritual disciplines and whatnot. But we also don't want to become so religious that we are fasting, fasting, and we become legalistic mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that religious discipline, right? So there's a time for everything under heaven, to quote Ecclesiastes. Things that we need to understand about boundaries is that even when God puts those boundaries in place, which is what you were alluding to, like in Genesis 2, he says, you are free to eat from the trees, but not this one, because when you eat of it, you will die. And so the boundary is there because it's not good for us, right? Right. There was something with this specific tree. You know, we may look at the story and say, oh, well, God put this tree there, and it was the curse, the punishment if we ate it. But that's that's not what it says. We're reading into the text. The text says... When you eat of it, you will die. And so he says, don't eat of that because it's not good for you. It, it could have just been poisonous. Like, we, we don't know. You know, we, we don't know. We don't want to put in the text. So when God puts a boundary, it's not because he's trying to be this, you know, put us under his thumb and control us, right? It's because he is saying this is what is good and beneficial and, you know, it will go well with you and all of that. So to understand that when God puts a boundary, it's not to to kill our our fun time, but it's actually for our benefit, right? And the second thing is, which is I think what you're alluding to, and, and I don't want to go too far with that. Yes, we should not judge, and each person is under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but one of the things you see here is that as soon as God puts in a boundary where he says, do not eat of this tree, the next thing he says immediately is, it is not good for man to be alone. I will create an easer suitable for him, which is a helper or a deliverer. And I think this is important because we all know, like, the minute that you try to get on a diet, right, <laughs> like, the only thing you want is what you're not supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as we recognize that God has boundaries, and this is even true for sobriety, people who struggle with alcohol, that's why they join support groups in AA and have sponsors, because it, once there is a boundary, our nature is we want to cross it. And so we need to hold each other accountable. And yes, yeah. we should not judge, but we are meant to, in relationship in the, in the church community we are intended, God wants us to hold each other accountable and to say, hey, you know, I noticed here, especially when you know each other's struggles. Like my husband, you know, he grew up in a culture that was alcohol was present everywhere and he struggled with alcoholism and he's been sober now for 14 years and 15 years. Sorry, the anniversary just passed. Hey, so he has a very, very strong conviction. So if you all were to see him with a Corona in his hand, I would expect that you all would be like, hey, what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. Because, again, so you have to have, yes, not be judgmental, but there is a context of relationship where we are meant, it is not good for us to be alone because our willpower can only endure so much. And we need each other to hold each other accountable and to hold each other true to the word of God. Because, right, the Holy Spirit is a still small voice, and sometimes we try to drown him out. So we need someone to kind of get up in our face, which we can actually talk about with the boundaries for next week because I want to look at the story of David and Bathsheba. You you, you look like you're on no, something. No, no, no. No, I, was, I went <laughs> somewhere you're, you're, you're having your epiphanies? <laughs> no, it's, no, we're just talking about, we, again, from, from last week when we talked about who God is and we're thanking God. So if, we're, if we acknowledge that God is good, God has wisdom and mercy and all the things, so when we see a boundary that is laid for us by God, we need we should with our beliefs trust that this is for our good yeah it's it's not something that god is punishing us this is something that god is uh keeping us safe from so when we're looking at all these things so even even with the food we look at look at kosher 
laws, there was a lot of them, right? And we, we don't understand it. Uh, uh, I looked a little bit into it. You looked a little bit into, into it. But what, what I do know that at that time when the, all the food laws came, came into play, there were very much health reasons yep. behind mo- most of the things that, that was brought up because now we can eat ham because we know how to cook it, <laughs> you right. know? Or, yeah, either health or justice. Like the yeah. one law is not to cook a calf in its mother's milk, and that's a justice issue is that you wouldn't kill a baby yeah. animal. I mean, that's just... Yeah. It's that's evil, right? To, yeah. So a lot of the laws, when you break them down, you know, it, some of them, we don't... They're not as obvious, but I'm sure if we did the research... We'd eventually be able to say, oh, there was a health reason or, oh, there was a a justice-oriented reason. So a lot of the things that we read in ancient tradition that to us now seem obsolete or we don't understand the context of it, they had very legitimate reasons in the day and age when when God gave them to his people. Yeah. I I think that's the biggest thing is that we need to understand who God is, why there's laws. So let's just talk. So the second thing that I wanted to draw from Genesis 2... Uh, which is the second point that we had, is the boundary of work and rest. So the, the model is, is in Genesis 1, you see God creating, and then on the, on the seventh day, he rested, right? So he, he shows us what that rhythm looks like. And then it says in, in Genesis 2, it says, Now the Lord had planted a garden in the east, and there he put the man he had formed. And it says that he, he put the man, uh, and this is verse 15, chapter 2, 15, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Again, remember, this is before the fall. So God, when we think paradise, it's not like, oh, man, well, now I have to have a job. God always intended for us to have Mm -hmm. a creative productivity, to be bringing life and to be bringing fruit. Um, What got thrown off in the fall is the balance of work and rest. Mm. So the boundary is still there. But he says, when you read chapter 3... Like the woman was always meant to, to bear children, but her pain in childbearing increases. The ground is cursed, and, and where it would have bore fruit for him more naturally, it says, now through painful toil you will eat of it. It will produce thorns and thistles, and you will eat from the plant, you know, by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. So what happened is, is because we abused the fruit of the earth, Right now, the earth will not yield its fruit so easily, right? And there's actually even a boundary lesson in that. If someone crosses a boundary with you and takes advantage of you or uses you or abuses you in some way, then you need to create a further boundary. And I'm not going to give you my time and my attention mm-hmm. and my resources the way I did before mm-hmm. because you're going to exploit me, mm-hmm. right? And so, earth gives us a very vivid picture of this is I told you you could eat of any fruit but not this one you chose that one well guess what now all that other fruit you're going to have to work for it it's going to be hard so this second boundary is understanding that God designed us for both a creative productivity of work but there's also rest and so we don't want to veer towards laziness right we honor God when we have a healthy tension we don't want to be workaholics we also don't want to be lazy and coasting and unethical there's a point of am i getting the job done like am i with integrity meeting the expectations of my job description you know fulfilling my time with my clients and all of that that's right thanks for joining us we hope this teaching blessed you and brought you closer to god know you are loved 
uncovered in prayer.